Normally the television in the studio is completely irrelevant. It's just whatever, highlights, and sometimes they catch my eye, and yeah. I, I pay no mind. Gonna have a little tough time of yeah, basketball starts off. Okay. Oh, yeah, 9.30. Yo, Latvia, beating Spain. Shout out to the boys. Mm-hmm. Shout out <laughs> to the boys. The, the only part that sucked is I learned immediately that it actually made things w- more complicated for Canada. What a confusing yeah. tournament. Yeah. Canada's 3-0, Canada's three and, oh, and they're heading in to another game. And I read today that Latvia beating them makes it more complicated, even though Latvia beat uh, 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 they beat Latvia. I'm mm-hmm. totally confused. I'm totally confused. I'm just, you know what I am? I'm, for this tournament, I'm the motivational speaker who goes just one day at a time because my brain can't comprehend anything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I can't understand how these tournaments work. I, I don't get it at all. Yeah. I'm like, wait, you could beat Brazil, but not yeah. be the best and be 4-0. And if you lose to Spain and Latvia wins. Yeah, then, I, yeah. I hate it. It just, yeah, that makes no they sense can't to automatically me. qualify. To Whatever. That. Yeah, just make it straightforward for me. Somebody draw a map. Somebody give me a child's menu that they can just put down in front of me and they use the crayon to connect the dots as to exactly how that works. Either way, shout out to Latvia and good luck to Canada today playing Brazil. That's going to be a fun one. As Blake Murphy previewed, his boy Bruno Caboclo. His, people question my Latvia-Canada allegiances. People should question Blake Murphy's allegiances with Bruno Caboclo on Brazil. That guy, no one has ever loved a player more than Blake Murphy loved Bruno Caboclo <laughs> and really believed I don't know how many articles he wrote on Bruno, but yeah, uh, he got stranded on Bruno Island a long, long time ago. Anyway, I'm very excited for today because we're heading into, well, I'm torn. I'm always, this is a conflicting time of year. I love layers, mm-hmm. although we're not getting any of that this weekend. It's going to be gorgeous. I love layers. I love fall. Yeah. I love Halloween. I love PSL. Fall is my favorite. I'll just be honest. Fall is my favorite. The, the best sport time for me where all the sports come back yeah, and you're not, see the other way where it's June or March, like no. And they're all ending fall, fall playoff baseball with the hope and optimism of new seasons, football, basketball, and hockey. That to me is the best. Get to wear some layers. Plaid is back, baby. <laughs> Let's go. Get a flannel on. Maybe mix in a boot for us 5'10 fellas. Get us up the old sixer. <laughs> Lovely stuff. <laughs> Lovely stuff. Love me some fall. But summer's over and that does always make me a little sad. I always feel older now when summer's over. I always feel a little... The, the passage of time. Is the, <laughs> how many summers do I have left is the, is the big thought. Oh, I don't think like that. Yeah, I know because you're 23 years old. Um, that makes sense. <laughs> You haven't had any summers. No, I told, I'm telling you not to think like that. The last summer you had was camp. You were at summer <laughs> camp. But, yeah, Labor Day weekend marks that time for me. Is Football is here. Football is back. We are footballing. College football yesterday, watching it, gambling on teams I didn't know anything about. Mackie, you play some college football? Yeah, of course. Yeah, Florida. No, yeah. Graham Mertz, I'll never forgive you. You yeah. still suck from Wisconsin. I should have known better. Yeah. Yeah. Utah being better than Florida will never make sense in my head at football. No, it makes sense to me. Did you not see my tweet yesterday? I did, JD. I I chose to go against you. Yeah, I thought you would. You are sneakily. Mackie, it's it's funny. He's (laughs) he's like my apprentice. I work so hard to try to build him up. And I like he he's one way to say it. Yeah, I I work so hard to make him I, I like always try to foster his career. 
And yet I know it's just he's he's you've seen this in every movie where there's the good king who tries to take care of all the villagers. But then there's like he's like Scar, basically, you know, where it's just he's lurking in the shadows, waiting for his opportunity to dig his claws into my paws. As as I rises up and overthrows him, you know, tax is done. You're not really Scar, though. You're more of one of the hyenas. (laughs) Like, Let's be honest here. You're not. I'd say William Wallace, but that's just. just Yeah, okay. Yeah, no, that's yeah, that is you. Anyway, that's enough. Your mic's off for the rest of the day after that one. Uh, All right. So anyways, it's football season. And I'm, I've done my deep dives. My fantasy football draft is Sunday. Oh, nice. So sweet. Here's the thing about fantasy football. I love it. It's fun. But now with everybody gambling, the best part of fantasy football is the draft. And that's why it sickens me when I see people do snake drafts. It just makes me sad for them because you're wasting the best part. And you're embarrassing yourself as a human being. Because I get it if, again, you're 12 years old, you're 13, you're just start, or you're getting your son into fantasy football, they don't really understand an auction, your daughter into fantasy football, they're young, then yeah, do a snake draft. If you're above the age of 16 years old and you've, yeah, it's just, I genuinely have, I could have no, people will go, oh, if you like this politician, I could never respect you. And I go, if you have a snake draft as a grown adult, negative zero respect for you. Oh, it actually gives me the heebie-jeebies. Like, I, I, I'm not even joking. It gives my hands, like, a weird tingly feeling. I don't like it. I have my fantasy football draft on Sunday. So all I've been doing is, fan, is all I've been doing is footballing. I, I know about, you can, you can fire me stuff on any training camp. Boom, I got it. You can fire me the stories on every team. Boom, I got it. And I will prove that next with Charles Davis because we are going to do overrated, underrated, properly rated with preseason storylines before a full week of football next week. Charles Davis, the GOAT, next. Sportsnet 590, the fan. So, yeah, I mentioned it. We're here. No more weekends after this one without football. And, yeah, you fill this weekend with your fantasy football drafts. This weekend here in Toronto, gorgeous. Finally getting 30-degree days. Mm -hmm. August, we went an entire August without any 30-degree days. That's insane. I know, but it's true. Something that hasn't happened in a very, very long time. Also something that hasn't happened in a very long time. Me catching up with my friend Charles Davis, the man, the absolute legend, CBS Sports. Good morning, Charles. How we doing, man? I'm wonderful. How are you doing? I am fantastic, dude. It is, it's football time. Like, we're here. I... I hate preseason football. I always get so excited for week one, right? And as soon as I see the uniforms, I just want to see people. And then the second I've laid my eyes on the product, I immediately get extremely impatient. I get frustrated. I worry about every single player on the team I like (laughs) that they don't get hurt. And, of course, as a Seahawks fan, day one they went, the running backs who are cursed here, they're both hurt. And I went, of course they are. (laughs) Of course those guys are both hurt. They're cursed. This is the way that it goes. But either way, it's just I I want preseason to be over. But I always track all the way through, Charles. And now we're, we're shifting out of this. We're going into the regular season. It's happening. We're less than a week away from real, actual games. And so today I wanted to do underrated, overrated, or properly rated preseason storylines that permeated over and over to me, someone who isn't deep diving into a certain camp or who isn't covering football on the daily and following every single story and all of the minutiae as it went. Are you ready for overrated, properly rated, or underrated with me today? I absolutely am. May I ask you one quick question, though? Yep. Can I yep. ask you one quick question? Yep. 
your NFL love comes through, and you and I share it, of course. Mm-hmm. The preseason, I think all of us feel the same way. We just want the preseason to get us our best players to the first game healthy. Yes. Or in camp, not holding out. That does that never happens, as we know. Mm-hmm. So that's just part of the package. And the last thing I'm going to ask you is, the CFL is going on. How do you reconcile both of them? Very simply, Charles. I love our Toronto Argonauts, and they are red hot. Yeah. And a man by the name of Chad Kelly, who you would know, is yes. he is going to win most outstanding player in the CFL this year. He is absolutely balling. Just signed a three-year contract extension here in the CFL, which I was actually a little surprised by given the way that he's playing. I would have thought that he would maybe try to take another crack at the NFL. But you saw what happened with Nathan Rourke, uh, the Canadian who yeah. went down south tried out for the Jacksonville Jaguars and couldn't end up getting the second string job, how difficult it is to get into those systems and learn playbooks and yeah, be given that faith of those organizations. And maybe Chad decided to stay it. I just reconcile it this way. There's more football to watch. I'm thrilled. There's no amount of football that you could throw at me and say, hey, he's, here's too much. Here, I've been watching Thursday night football with Jaguars Titans for how many years now? Like, you know, where they right. just throw the AFC South at us every single Thursday in short games and say, here, swallow this. And I go, gladly, thank you for football. No more complaining. So I have no problem with it, Charles. It's very, very easy for me. I love it. And Chad Kelly followed in the footsteps of my hero, Condra Tolloway, with the Argos. Mm. I think, you know, I mean, just to, to have him up there. And I think that you hit the nail on the head. He's had opportunities here. Things have gone wrong for him, for you know, both on and off the field. And he's found a home. And, you know, something. sometimes you find a home. Why do you leave it? This is a great home. He's yeah. in a fantastic spot. And are they? Do they still call the most outstanding? But is it still the Shenley or something close to that? It Shenley? is. Yeah. I don't. You, it, you're. This is embarrassing for me because I'm like I don't know the exact pronunciation of it, but yes, it still is. I believe that exactly what you're talking about. And he is going to win it this year again. The man has been. He's been brilliant. I've gone down to a few games this year to watch it, and I keep pleading with people because yeah. Toronto. Toronto's a high event city. And this is just right. the way that we are with sports as, and I've said this a million times, but, and I, and I hate feeling like I'm denigrating the city in a way, but cause it's a good sports town when a, when a product is very hot, people are loyal to the main teams, but if it's not the premier product, people will not gravitate towards it. And so CFL, this is more, this is far more of an NFL town, unlike some of the other Canadian markets, but no, what Chad Kelly's doing up here right now, the Argos, I think, yeah, they've, they've got one loss. They're eight and one Austin. Yeah. They're eight and one. And he's playing unbelievably well. I'm like, if you go down there and you watch this guy play, you, you cannot tell me that this is some kind of second-rate product. Like, he is playing extremely, extremely, extremely well. It's very, very fun to watch. Uh, but, okay, it's NFL time. All it's, right, let's, let's do it. Uh, and by the way, yeah. his talent in the reason he's not in the NFL is yeah. much more off-field than it was oh, yeah. his ability to play the game. And, yeah. and, and that's, that's, that was his big bugaboo. Yeah. But what you're seeing now – a lot of people saw here, so enjoy it, and let's do your. Let's do the game. Let's go. Yes, overrated, underrated, properly rated preseason narratives. Let's start with what I still refer to as the local team. I'm going to kind of go through the three local-ish teams here. I think the three most popular in the city of Toronto start. So number one is this: the Bills' lack of hype and the thought that the team could be taking a step back and that the window could be starting to close. Overrated, underrated, properly rated. 
slightly overrated because it leans towards properly. What was the word? What's the term again? Properly. Yeah, properly rated. Uh, properly rated. It leans towards it because it, it just keeps popping up. Mm-hmm. Something is always bubbling. And with what they went through last year, there is that school of thought. But I'm saying slightly overrated for this reason. It's still the, They are still the team to beat in the AFC East as far as I'm concerned. They still have a terrific roster. They have the quarterback. They have all the things in place. Mm-hmm. Last year, they get a little bit of a mulligan because DeMar Hamlin, if that happens to Kansas City or Philadelphia when it happens, neither one of them gets to the Super Bowl either, in my humble opinion. It was too much mm-hmm. to carry with you as an organization. So slightly overrated. I think they're actually enjoying the fact that people are hyping other teams. Yeah, I, I'm i going to agree with you on this one, slightly overrated. I will say, though, I, I like that you brought up the bubbling because yep. I actually don't mind that Von Miller starts the season on the shelf. This probably ends up being a good thing for him. Like, how old is Von Miller now, 34, 35? 35, yeah. You're yeah. talking about getting him, him down the stretch where he's going to be healthy right. and, and fresh legs for the, for the playoff run. Yeah, I don't think Josh Allen is going to have 14 turnovers again this season. That, to me... Not a chance. Yeah, like that, chance. That, that ends up being a little bit of an anomaly. Um, they're just going to be good. I, I agree with you. If, if I'm going to kind of preview a little bit of the rest of it is I think a lot of the other teams in that division have been slightly overrated and that the Bills yeah. now have a little bit of coming into the season with that chip on their shoulder, that little bit of edge. But yeah, I, I do have questions about their ability to get to the passer. I don't know how the digs thing plays out if... You know, like it just, it feels like there could be a thing that goes yeah. wrong there uh, that all of a sudden things change. And I just want to see it. I, I just want to see how they manage with this season, with all of these expectations before I completely dismiss all of it out of hand. But I do think that it's a bit of a sucker bet right now. Like if you look at Vegas odds, their total, their win total is 11. And I'm like, yeah, this is a team that won 13 games last year. I think that the expectations have fallen a little too low and that all of the discussion around the rest of the teams in division, most notably the Jets, has probably altered theirs a bit too much. So, yeah, I'll, I'll agree with you on that one, which is, yeah, slightly overrated and that the Bills are more than likely, at least regular season-wise, going to be more than fine. Yeah, let's put a cap on it okay. real quick. If, if, if the Bills don't have the season we expect, we'll look back in the offseason and go, ah, there the were signs. thing. Yeah. Nah, blah, blah, blah. If they had the season we expect, it's the normal NFL stuff that happens. Everyone's going to be fine. That's kind of where we are with them. I think that they're still the team to beat in the AFC East. And I, I agree. I say it again. They're excited that the Jets are on hard knocks. Yeah. They're excited that the Dolphins are the track team that, that pressed them last year. Mm-hmm. They're happy about that because now it takes a little pressure off. And as you said, adds a chip that maybe they wouldn't ordinarily have having been the front runner for four years now. I just can't be overly concerned about a team that has Josh Allen. I just can't. I, I think no. he's a stud. Why, why would you? Yeah. Why would you be? That's what I he's mean. He's not going to do that again. No. He's going to clean that part of his game up and be the dominant force that we've seen over the last few years. In fact, even more so this year, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm usually a big believer in the post-hype year rather than the over-hype year. And that's what gets me to the next team from my vantage point. One of the most hyped teams, not the most, because we'll get to them later. But the Pittsburgh Steelers look amazing. Their offense, their young offense looks completely rejuvenated. Kenny Pickett, oh, is he much better than we thought? Pickens, is he going to be the next great thing at wide receiver? Is this offensive line starting to settle out? 
does Mike Tomlin have a special defense? The Pittsburgh Steelers, their preseason hype, overrated, properly rated, or underrated? I think properly rated. And Ooh. I'm going to say it for this reason. Yeah, I think okay. I'm going to say it for this reason. These Steelers, I see a lot of people picking them fourth in their division. Yeah, that's not. They've never, right? They've never finished fourth in the division since they went to the setup in 2002. Mm-hmm. I worry about the back end of that defense. Will these will these corners and safeties gel and become the players you expect? The front end, I don't worry about at all because they can mm-hmm. play. Pickens has played well. Pickens is a beast outside. He's going to help Deontay Johnson. I think the offensive line made great strides with the moves they've made in the offseason. I think this is going to be a playoff team. A lot of my friends think that I'm wrong. Mm. So we shall see. I think properly rated in terms of they're getting better is what I'm seeing from people. But I see a lot of other naysayers saying, ah, I just don't see it. No way do I see them last in their division, even though that's, that the AFC North is going to be really competitive. And yep. Cleveland is going to be better. But the idea that I picked Pittsburgh last in any year with Mike Tomlin, that's never going to happen. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I'll say I'm going with overrated with the Steelers thing. And, and I actually like the Steelers. I remember when I was first looking at all this saying, hmm, you know what? Could be a nice growth year for them. I just feel as though a little bit of the expectations got out of control again from my vantage point. You're much deeper in terms of NFL community of people looking at this. Some people saying last. I'm talking more about like big narratives that have sort of leaked through towards me. And the Kenny Pickett perfect passer rating in the preseason, it just it could not mean less to me. Like I could not care less. And I love this. I love the selected uh, videos of Pickens, who I think is going to be a beast. I, I completely agree with you. I don't think that that talent is in any way fake. But yeah, if I'm a lot of teams could probably pick highlights from their training camps and their their practice games and go, hey, look at our receiver making a one handed catch along a sideline. And you would go, wow, that's a pretty great catch. It just so happens that this guy does it spectacularly. He's big. He's long. He fits the profile of the kind of guy that you love to see that with. And so I just I don't know about the running backs still. I don't know if they're going to be able to run the football well. I need to see how that offensive line looks. And I just need to see what Kenny Pickett does in actual regular season games. Because here's what I know about the other teams. I know in that division, the Bengals could still be the best team in the AFC this year. Like, that is very much a possibility. I know that the Ravens, when they have a healthy Lamar Jackson, you know what happens with them? They have a great offense, and they win football games relentlessly. And, yeah, I like what you said about the Browns, who are kind of, you know, I might just sneak this one in here just to stay with the division. Um, they, they should be better, but here's the, the side tangent with the Browns. Is it overrated, underrated, or properly rated the silence around Deshaun Watson and the idea that he could be back? Oh, wow. The silence around him and the, see, to me, the silence around him is overrated, Mm -hmm. meaning that they're just not talking about it anymore. It's still a thing because he's got to go out and play through it until we see the season. But as far as that team, I don't think they're underrated anymore. So I have to to rate them as slightly overrated because Mm. too many people are talking about them, Mm -hmm. right? That's what you're getting. See, that Steelers thing that you talked about, you know, where you are there in Toronto, where I am here in in the States, Mm -hmm. that Steelers went sky high win after they beat Buffalo in, in week two of the preseason. Mm-hmm. 
It went crazy. And I thought you expressed it perfectly. I don't care about a perfect passer rating in preseason. Mm-mm. I don't care about they look great in one play in preseason. Mm-mm. They have to play it out. Cleveland is in that spot. So slightly overrated is probably where, where they should be because where I am, the hype is really, really jumping up. Because everyone's counting on Deshaun Watson to be 2020 Deshaun Watson. And he could be, J.D., he really could be, but he's got to prove it. So everyone has been really hyper-focused on, I would say, the oh, AFC yeah. East? They're hyping Cleveland big. They're hyping Cleveland big in the, in, in, the, in the AFC North, I can tell you that. Yeah. The AFC East, start it. I'm just going to tell you. Yeah. Last year, did you, did you and I not have this conversation? And it was AFC West. <laughs> yes, but that's just, but that, but this is what I'm saying. AFC East to me reeks of last year's AFC West, where we're getting way too excited about it. And in reality, this this like the AFC is always about AFC North. It just is. It's like AFC North. It's the conference, or it's it's the division. It's the one that you should pay attention to. And this year, what I think is so fascinating about that division, what I'm very excited for, is like each one of those teams. This is my thing with the Steelers. I'm saying it's overrated right now, but I could see the path where all of a sudden they win 12 games and people go, holy crap, the Steelers are legit this year. Tomlin put this defense together. They're running the football. Pickett actually is a guy. He does have a special connection. They've got these playmakers. Like, I I can see the path to that. I can see the path for the Ravens all of a sudden having three receivers whose names I actually know rather than going into Sunday every week and going, sorry, who is this? Um, who, are, who are they running this play for? Plus a Pro Bowl tight end and this new offense that they're putting in and saying, wow, this could be something. But I also want to see Lamar stay healthy and I also actually want to see him be able to deliver the ball to a wide receiver who's actually on the move on something other than a nine route, you know? And same thing goes yeah. for Cleveland. I want to see the Deshaun Watson thing. I, like, will it work out? Will it not? And then the Bengals, I just, I really don't have very many questions about other than maybe the secondary lost some guys, but I just think they're going to be beasts. But that entire division to me has been, it, it just weirdly gets almost underhyped just because I feel like we talk about those teams so much and they all have such big fan bases that we tend to focus on some of the other ones that are in a little bit more pro- high profile markets. But yeah, this, this is the division to me this year where at the end of the year, if you show me any one of those teams with 12 or 13 wins, I would go, well, yeah, that, that is, can't be overly shocking to me. I'm with you on that. I think we're in agreement. The AFC North underrated. Mm-hmm. The AFC East, all the hype Way because overrated. of what is happening offseason. Have to make it overrated until they prove it. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and we'll go from there. I loved your breakdown of the North, though. I think everything that you hit is exactly what each one of those teams is talking about. The Bengals, to me, are the firm favorite in the North. Yeah. And then and it breaks down from there. But as you said, any one of them can win it. And here's where I would contrast them with the NFC South. Any one of the four in the North can win the division. You can make the case. Not as strongly probably for Pittsburgh, but it's Pittsburgh, so it's not out of law, right? I agree. In the NFC South, I think you can make the case that any one of the four can win the division. The Panthers? But you're doing it. Hold a second. But you're doing it through hands with your fingers over your eyes yeah. <laughs> because you're talking about winning the division at eight or nine wins. Yeah. That's what you're saying. So, yeah. so to me, like, New Orleans seems to be the favorite in that division. Uh-huh. Understandable. Derek Carr's there, defense, blah, blah, blah. Panthers have quietly gotten better, but you need a rookie quarterback to play well. So that's, that's a question mark. The Falcons have gotten better. They've been more consistent than we expected the first two years under Arthur Smith. Then they added B. John Robinson. 
They've quietly gotten better, but now they have a second-year quarterback who's got four starts that has to play well in Desmond Ritter. And Tampa Bay is your ultimate wild card. Still a really good defense, still terrific wide receivers, and it's Baker Mayfield. But you can make a case for all four if you really want to because last year Tampa won the division at eight wins. Yeah, <laughs> that's how weird it is. Here is what's not underrated about that division. I, I don't want to watch any of the games. <laughs> it's properly rated. <laughs> it is properly rated. <laughs> Charles, when when you get assigned games and they go through it and they're like, Charles, and this week you're on Panthers box, you're going to go, oh, okay. Yes, I'm happy. You're a good guy. You'll do it with a smile <laughs> on your face. You'll do a great job. We will do, uh, we will do it all, JD. Yeah. We will do it all. I, hey, listen, if you assign me an NFL game, yeah. You know I'll ask you to get it, of and course. I'll have it. Of course. The general rule, we probably won't get very many of those, but I'm going to give yeah. you a little into a little inside baseball. Yeah. Week week three, guess where we're going? Yeah. Where are you going? Week we're three? Going to, we're, going, we're going to Seattle, my friend. Ooh. See, I like that, though. And guess who you're hosting? I actually don't know who they're hosting week three. Is it, is it the Panthers? It's the Panthers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I see. I look forward to that game because last year Seattle didn't have a pass rush. And again, now let's get into the next preseason narrative, which is uh, the rookie quarterbacks don't look like they're going to have an immediate impact. They're going to play, but the impact is troubling so far, but that most notably Bryce Young's career could already be in trouble given that he is going to not be protected very well. He has taken some big hits. Is this overrated, underrated or properly rated to you? Yeah, overrated. Okay. Because it's so darn it's so darn early. Mm-hmm. If we're talking about this in week ten and we're picking up pieces of Bryce Young, then then we're properly rated. But right now it's overrated. But I will tell you, I have some major concern about the left tackle at the Aquana. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was a high draft pick. Who people told me, hey, he played pretty well at the end of last year. He has not played anywhere close to that in the preseason. There's no sugarcoating it. There's no just picking out a highlight. There's no any of that. He has not played where they need him to play at that left tackle position. And with this young quarterback, he's got to jump his game up in a big way. They drafted him high for a reason. He's got to get to that level. So for me, I'm going to say this is properly rated simply because of this. I know I just said quarterback play to me doesn't matter too much in the preseason. What I think yeah. does matter with me with these three guys specifically, and I, I'm just going to say it's, it's Richardson, it's Stroud, and it's Young that, that I'm talking about here in terms of these three. I keep looking at the situation for Bryce Young. I'm like, who's his playmaker? Who's, his pass, who's, who's protecting the passer here? Like how many games are the Panthers going to be trailing games where Bryce Young, a winner, who a competitor is going to continuously try to make things happen and going to have to have the ball in his hands. I actually think that overall his career, like I don't think he's someone who's going to have his confidence shaken. I just worry about the hits that are going to happen. If you're playing in preseason game and I saw a couple of those ones where he got leveled, he got got leveled and I'm thinking you're going up against the backups. What's going to happen in some of these games when you're playing the saints defensive line and these guys are looking at you going stat night, you know, like this is going to be stat (laughs) night feast night. I'm a little worried about him with Richardson. I'm worried about the Jonathan Taylor thing. Like he looks good playing in play action, right? Like that's where he's going to be comfortable read option, play action. What happens when he falls down in games and he's going to have to be in the shotgun and improvising for himself? I don't know about that. That seems like a big question mark to me. And then same thing, go over to Houston. That franchise has been dysfunctional. I also don't know who the hell he's making plays to, C.J. Stroud. 
And so I think I'm a little concerned about this class just in terms of these guys are all being thrown into situations where some of them are really lacking experience. They all seemingly are lacking playmakers. If Jonathan Taylor's not playing for the Colts, and a lot of them have protection issues with with coaches I don't necessarily trust. So I'm going to put those three guys as a properly rated. And yeah, do I want to see them succeed? Absolutely, I do. But I just, I don't have a lot of faith that this is going to go well for any of them right now. I'm not putting any chips down saying, ooh, you know what? I feel great about this quarterback performing well in the regular season or exceeding our expectations as of this point. I, I like where you're going. Let me give a thumbnail on it. Yep. The Colts, they drafted Anthony Richardson with the idea they would pair him with Jonathan Taylor. None of mm-hmm. them saw this coming. Yeah. Right? They, from, from, from ownership on down, there was no crystal ball. There was no thought. No one went to bed at night and said, what if? It wasn't even a thought, po- it wasn't a thought bubble. And now here we are. Because to me, I saw if you're going to play Anthony Richardson, Anthony Richardson becomes this year's Daniel Jones to Jonathan Taylor's Saquon Barkley last year, where they both have a hand in the run game. Love that. Throwing throwing the football is not going to be paramount. Daniel Jones had 15 touchdown passes last year. But you find a way to fashion offense. The Giants found a way to the playoffs. C.J. Stroud. Yes, they've been dysfunctional. Yes, they've changed coaches three years in a row. Yeah. I have a feeling Nico Ryan's is going to last a little bit longer, yeah. and he's going to put a nice program in place. It's not there yet, but expect a heavy, heavy dose of Damian Pierce, okay? Mm-hmm. A heavy dose of running it. You've got two good tackles in, in Tunsil and, and Titus Howard. Um, Kenyon Green has to play better at guard. They've got to find a way to do things like that to take some of that down for C.J. Stroud because your best playmaker out wide is probably Nico Collins. Yeah, I don't like that. Because we're not to get out of John Mechie, right? Yeah. Now, go on to, to Carolina. I think that they have sneakily gotten better, and mm-hmm. we haven't seen it through the preseason. The offensive line, as I've already mentioned, has to play better, especially Aquano. Running back, Miles Sanders hasn't played in the preseason. He's going to help control things for them if and, if and when he, you know, he hits a lot, which should be week one. He'll be fine. Hayden Hurst at tight end is a quarterback's best friend, all right, especially a young quarterback. Easy throws, easy sight lines. Out wide, Adam Thielen, the veteran, helps you in a big way because you've got a safety net to throw the ball to yeah. as Jonathan Bing gets his feet wet. I'm giving you the most optimistic look for all three teams. That was the plan mm-hmm. because especially the Colts, Jonathan Taylor allows you to play Anthony Richardson because he takes pressure off. If he gets his 1,500 yards, Richardson eventually fakes it to him and goes out the back door and goes 50 down the sideline himself, mm-hmm. and he doesn't have to throw the ball at a high rate considering he's still working on footwork, et cetera, et cetera. But guess what? That went up in smoke because now Zach Moss is your lead runner. I don't think teams are going to have the same worries as they will with Jonathan Taylor's coming at them. I completely agree. Uh, and it's why I worry about all three guys. I will say this, though, in all of your assessment, Bryce Young still is the guy that, as, as much as there has been Richardson, will be the fantasy quarterback you want to own because I, I still think Young, with those hits and with the, some of the yeah. guys that you mentioned, and the, the path, right, when we're doing, hey, what's the most optimistic path for all these guys, I, I still believe in the Bryce Young one because he's the guy I've seen, and no offense to C.J. Stroud, but you're Ohio State quarterback, so I'm not going to – it's like I aren't even like, yeah, doubt it. <laughs> like, doubt it, <laughs> but we'll see. We will see. I'll say this real quick, J.D. Yeah. 
Bryce Young, when he was drafted, and the reason I think he went at the top despite the size, et cetera, et cetera. He just got it. Is what, yeah, he's got it. And what general, a general manager told me a long time ago when he drafted a quarterback, I said, why'd you draft him versus this guy? Mm-hmm. And he said, I needed an adult in the room. Yeah. Young, Bryce Young is an adult in the room. Little known fact, you know what his father does for a living? No idea. He's a family therapist. Hmm. <laughs> this kid was raised able to, you know, express, understand. Mm-hmm. You get the idea. There's a reason that maturity, you just see him, and it just seeps off of him, yeah. you know? And this kid has, I'm with you, he has the it factor. I know the size is a thing. People are really going to question. I get it. But the way the game's played in the NFL now, I don't worry about the size nearly like I would have years ago. No. Doug Flutie was born too soon. If Doug Flutie was coming out of college right now, he'd be Bryce Young. Yeah, I, I with, love that. With better, with better mobility. Charles, and he would go near the top of the draft. You are making the CFL fans so happy with this hit today. You are just there. <laughs> there's there's some people who are in their car thinking this is church. Like, mm-hmm. Like, you know, they are feeling some of the things that you're saying here about the Argos <laughs> and the CFL. I grew up on yeah. I grew up on it. Grew up upstate, you know, mid-state New York. Grew up watching CFL footballs. Yeah. I still mention it was my guy. Yeah. But it wasn't just him. You know, I watched all those guys play. Yeah. You know, I got to see it, and it was a lot of fun. You know, yeah. John was- Huff, uh, Huff, about Huff Nagel playing. Uh-huh. You know, and Joe Palau and all the rest of the cats. I used to enjoy it. Warren Moon flinging it around. Yeah. Damon Allen. I could go on for yeah, days. Anyway. I, I know you could. I know you're a historian of the game. So let's keep this thing moving. We'll get in a couple because we're hitting a lot of teams here. Uh, let's let's okay. hit on the Jets because we got to. Because they have been, I would say, the, the number one story of the preseason because they're the hard knocks team and they got Aaron Rodgers. Um, the Jets, Aaron Rodgers' impact on the Jets, the Jets as an automatic contender, overrated, underrated, properly rated? Properly rated, although people are sick of them. But that Whoa. defense kept them in every game yeah. last year. They were seven and three at one point. I remember. Remember, we did the game where they beat Buffalo in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, that team was begging for a quarterback to get them home last year. Zach Wilson wasn't up to the task. You bring in Rodgers, it changes everything for them. They know the hype is there, and they have to live up to it. Mm-hmm. But because you made that move, and Garrett Wilson's gotten better, you know, you go right on down the line. Offensive line's gotten better. The hype is properly there. Now they got to prove it, but it's proper because Aaron Rodgers is there. And let's face it, are you watching Hard Knocks? Have you seen yeah. Aaron Rodgers this light and happy yeah. in the last five years? No, no Charles. And and this is why I'm go- I feel like I've been Mr. Negative today other than the Bills, but uh and I guess a little bit of some of the the AFC North teams. I'm going way overrated here with the New York Jets. Like way, 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 way overrated. So way, 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 way. Yeah, so here's why. Number 1, the tackles are terrible. Like, let's just be honest. The Mackay Becton thing, that looks like a bust, and I don't even know how many weeks he's going to stay healthy. And if he's already your right tackle, you're moving him over. I'm like, hmm, I have had Dwayne Brown. on, And it was years ago. And I went, he's still in the league? This is what's happening here? Aaron Rodgers is looking so chill right now. Oh, he's so chill. He's Mr. NorCal. Oh, he's having the best time of his life. Uh, let's see how he's chill the second guys start making mistakes and the offensive line is not protecting him properly. Here's what I would say is not overrated. I think he 
and Garrett Wilson are going to have an extremely special connection this year. I think that those guys are going to do numbers. But I just think entirely the whole Jets, like they've got a running back coming off of a major injury in Brees Hall. They signed Alvin Cook, who it was kind of at the behest of Aaron Rodgers, along with a couple of the other playmakers they brought in. And how has that worked out in the past when you try to appease Aaron Rodgers by bringing back? Usually they're washed up. Usually they're done. I don't know if I love Robert Sala. Last year, I texted my Jets fan friends a couple of times throughout the year going, what was that exactly? Because that didn't seem to make a lot of sense. And I I don't know. I just seems like everyone is looking at them with, oh, it's Aaron Rodgers. I'm like, it's, he's 40, he's 40 years old and he's got an offensive line that's suspect. And I think that some playmakers outside of Garrett Wilson around them are a little overrated. I am with you though. The defense is going to be good. And so I think that they will be a good team. I just, I will yeah. say this, the idea that they will be a contender this year, if I saw them and they were Aaron Rodgers playing for a Super Bowl, I, I will be shocked. I'll put that out there. I will be shocked if the Jets are a Super Bowl contender in this AFC. I, I, like, where, I like where you're going. I, I like where, where, what you're stating about it. I still believe in that East. Mm-hmm. Buffalo's the team to beat. Yep. But Miami and the Jets are legit contenders. Mm-hmm. I really believe that. And, and I think that what you said about the offensive line, it makes sense, but I think they'll be able to maneuver around it, especially on the right side, mm-hmm. okay? Because I'm just going to tell you, if Beckton's not up to the task, Max Mitchell, the backup, played well enough for them last year that they would have been comfortable if he was their starting right tackle to begin this year. But Beckton, there's so much draft capital in him, mm-hmm. it got to give him a try. Yeah. You know, you've got to see if this is, this is the end point for him. You're right about Brees Hall. Typically after a knee, it's not the first year back, it's the second. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes, but that's why they got Cook for the insurance. I don't think Cook is washed up, but I think he has to continue to make the adjustment. He's not going to carry it 20 times a game. Yeah, And if he does that, he'll be okay because it's more of a mental thing for a runner who's used to carrying it 20 times a game mm-hmm. than it is for anything else. Because if he learns to maximize and be more of a designated hitter mm-hmm. and still still get his big swings, then everything's going to be okay as far as that goes. I think what I'm proving by my conversation is with everything we talk about, it all has to be okay because any little thing can throw off the balance and all of a sudden, we talk about the Jets going, oh, they brought in everyone and that thing imploded because mm-hmm. that could easily happen as well. But I do think I'm much more optimistic and bullish on them in terms of being a contender. That defense will keep them in every single game. You know, I'll, I'll, I agree. All I'll say is we've got a long track record of Aaron Rodgers being pretty pissy <laughs> recently. Like, we've got a lot of <laughs> pissy Aaron Rodgers. You saw on Hard Knocks you- when it, when, uh, <laughs> When Randall Cobb, that speech to the receivers, he's cool right now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. But when he gets to that point yeah. and he was letting them know, Randall Cobb is with the Jets for many of the reasons Gronk went back and, and, uh-huh. and, and signed with Bay. Yeah. They speak their quarterback, right? Aaron, Randall Cobb speaks Aaron Rodgers. Gronk spoke Tom Brady. In other words, mm-hmm. that speech was a microcosm for the locker room. When they go by and go, hey, uh, Randall, he gave me this kind of a look today. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. He, can, he can explain it to them. Gronk did the same thing for Tom Brady in Tampa when they're like, yo, Gronk, uh, mm-hmm. when Tom does this, yeah, oh, he's pissed. Yeah. Oh, oh. 
See, and that's what you have those guys there for because Gronk wasn't at the top of his game, but he still had some juice left. Randall Cobb will be interesting to see how much juice Randall has. Yeah, I don't think really I, any. There hasn't been a lot lately. Mm. I mean, the blocking through the illegal block was the most juice I've seen in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. But still, he has that veteran presence that they're counting on to help bring these youngsters along. So, Charles, we're going to have to talk about the Jets, you and I, week seven, their bye week, because yeah. this is how they start. This is how they start. Bills, Cowboys, Patriots, so Belichick game. Jets, or sorry, uh, Chiefs, then Broncos, then Eagles. That's the start to the Jets season. So Aaron Rodgers might be chill right now, but I want to see week seven by week if the story's in New York. Let's hit, let's play this quick game. Uh, guess the cover of the New York Post week seven by. You know, what's more likely to you? Jets rolling, Jets, Jets take off to super, you know, or is it Jets grounded, Jets hype grounded after Like that is a gauntlet to come out of the gate with some of the things that we've talked about. And those are some tough defensive lines. Like, yeah, Micah Parsons, I think he'll have a fine time. The What I'm hearing about that Chiefs defense, I think they're going to have a fine time. What Like the Eagles who have my guy, Jalen Carter, who should have been a Seahawk. Like, I don't know. It just, I could see how this flips pretty quick. That's all I'm saying. Beware, beware, beware. Listen, listen, the people who work for the Post, yeah. right, Daily, Daily News, those headline writers, yeah. they're already working out different scenarios oh, yeah. as we go. Oh, yeah. And that schedule for the Jets, mm-hmm. obviously, the TV people really got involved with the Jets schedule they early, sure did. didn't they? They sure did. To make sure every game we're talking about, uh-huh. I'm pretty sure all but maybe one is either a primetime game or mm-hmm. a 425 game. Bingo. Uh, okay. So because I didn't do a lot of NFC, I'm just going to go there. Uh, this is overrated, properly rated, underrated. Last one. The Niners and the Eagles are the only teams that are, that have a chance at winning the Super Bowl of the NFC again this season, properly rated, underrated, overrated. Niners and Eagles. Yeah. I say it's properly rated. I agree. I hate (laughs) to say it. I hate to say it, but I think as we sit here now, it's properly rated because the teams that we can make cases for, I think we're making cases for them, and they still have things to. Yep. Dallas, you can make a case for because of the roster, but their playoff success has been nope. minimal. Nope. Right? Uh, if you're going to go to the NFC North, who's the team to beat? It's Detroit, probably. Yeah. But sorry. they haven't even got to the playoffs. You've got to still prove it, right? Yeah. Um, expect Minnesota to take a step back in the North. If it's the NFC West, we already talked about it. Can Seattle press San Francisco? We yeah. don't think it's the Rams. We we know it's not Arizona. And in the NFC South, we already talked about the South. Mm-hmm. We don't. We just don't, don't see, see it a right now. There. So, so so right now, I'd say it's properly rated. Yeah, I know it's heartbreaking to me as a Seahawks fan because this is the thing the 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 next tier down of contenders. You said them. It's the Saints, the Seahawks, and the Cowboys. And, and I look at that yep. group of teams and I say, no, nah, I'm sorry. If the Eagles and the Niners are clicking on all cylinders, I, I just don't see how any of those groups beat, beat those teams. Like maybe Seattle finishes with a better regular season record than San Francisco somehow. But yeah, when push comes to shove, I, I just, I don't see, I, I don't see the talent on Seattle's roster the same way that I do with San Francisco's. I just don't. I think I think San Francisco's deeper, just about everywhere. Yeah. Um, and and except for at quarterback, but it's like, yeah. 
I don't see Bosa missing the season. No, he's not. He'll be there. I, I, I never believe really the training camp holdout stuff until it gets to really, really, really toxic. Even Jonathan Taylor, like I think he's going to end up being there. Is he really going to give up? You know, what is it, four or five million dollars to not play and then sacrifice his franchise tag year? Like I, I just don't end up, I don't end up seeing it. Um, and that, and that's the other thing too. I guess properly rated, overrated, underrated. Quick one, just because we're talking about the NFC West. Um, the Cardinals or Rams are the lock to pick first overall. And yeah, make my life a living nightmare with Caleb Williams in the division for the foreseeable future. It's going to be one of those two teams that picks first overall. Yeah, I, I lean towards Arizona properly rated. Yeah, because they're making moves that clear their clear that for them, clear that runway space. Because we have the number one pick, right? They have a number one already, mm-hmm. and there's a chance that you could very well pick one and two. Mm-hmm. Because they have someone else's pick out of a, out of a previous trade. So, could you imagine them go one and two and they go, let's take Caleb Williams and hit reset and let's take Marvin Harrison Jr.? I mean, this is these are the scenarios, but I tell everyone all the time, and I think we, you and I got to keep that in mind as well. The snapshot we take at the start of a season about players mm-hmm. is not necessarily the snapshot we see come draft time because Joe Burrow wasn't in that picture. Okay? <laughs> when when when, it, when we started that season, his last year, Joe Burrow was a fourth round grade, and he became the number one overall pick. Mm-hmm. So I am very cautious about saying this guy is this guy is this guy. Do I expect Caleb Williams to fall off? No, I'm not that crazy. Do I expect Drake May to fall off from North Carolina? No, I'm not that crazy. But people emerge, draft positions change, things happen. But with the Cardinals. They're making moves like they're anticipating, hey, we will have a shot at having one and two. Yeah, I like, I love it when there's going to be, that there's two games this season, though, that are going to be for last place. You know, like that is going to be a real dog fight for last place amongst these two teams. Who wants it more? You know, who wants last place more? Uh, Charles, I love catching up. I'm so glad football's back. I'm so glad that I'm be hearing you watching you on television as yes, even if it's the Panthers, even if it's that NFC South, I'm thrilled that we have football back. Thanks for doing this today, friend. Thanks for having me, JD. You take care of yourself, continued success. And, uh, We'll have some fun going along the way. We'll talk down the road. Absolutely, dude. Talk to you soon. There he goes. Charles Davis, CBS. Uh, Quickly, some ones that I missed because we're pressed for time. Didn't want to put Charles under the gun. Overrated, properly rated, underrated. Russell Wilson being on a short leash. I didn't do any AFC West. I didn't get to hit on it. I think it's properly rated. I think that they're going to win too many games because your boy Sean Payton, Jobo. Mm Mm-hmm. Like they won't be in the mix for last place. Yeah. But I do think that they're going to take a real shot to be a contender with Russ. And if he's not showing it and they stink or they're mediocre, he'll, he'll, he'll pull the pin. Russ looks like he's in better shape. I still don't see him finding the thing. The thing that made Russell Wilson special was also the legs, his ability to create time for himself, get outside the pocket and throw down the field. I don't know if that's ever going to be there again. Overrated, underrated, properly rated. The Kansas City Chiefs, the weapons will finally catch up with them. They lost their left tackle. They lost Eric Bieniemy, and they lost Juju Smith-Schuster. And now their receivers are Sky Moore and a guy who gets hurt literally every time he steps outside of his house. <laughs> Doesn't care. I don't care. I, I, I refuse to doubt them. I refuse. And you know what? They might not finish with a better regular season record. I could see the Chargers winning the division. I still think the Chiefs are the favorites to win the championship. And by the time the Super Bowl runs comes around... They will have figured out the pass catchers and they will also probably make a trade, whatever. I, I just, I'm, I'm not doubting it anymore. Mm-hmm. It's not happening for me. 
I kind of think that the Raiders are a little underrated. I don't think that they're going to be great. I'm just saying that last year they were one of the big hype teams. Mm -hmm. And now this year everyone's like, they're a disaster. I'm like, mm, Jimmy G, is he's, a, he's not a Super Bowl winner, even though he was close. He's not a, like, a big-time elevator, but I do think he's a winner. Mm -hmm. And that people going like, they had Carr, they believed in him, but Jimmy G, you're not going to believe in? I, I don't know. I don't really understand that. <laughs> I don't really get that. Doesn't seem like that big of a change to me. Yeah. So if I'm a Raiders fan, I'm kind of looking at it going, all right. I could see it. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, your division, Austin. You know I believe in your Titans because I believe in Mike Vrabel. Seven to nine wins, baby. I believe in Mike Vrabel. And I think that that division is still going to come down to Jags, Titans. Anyways, tons more football next week. But let's take a quick break. Let's go on to the podcast. Maybe we'll talk a little bit more football. Do a couple of other quick things. So subscribe to the podcast. Go over there. Follow on Twitter and Instagram at JD Bunkus. See you on the pod. Bacon. All right, podcast time. All right, both my everybody is a big football fan here on the show. Of only only Austin and Simon here today, or sorry, only Austin Whoa. and Jobo here today. Damn. I'm here no, every no day, Simon. and he confuses me for Simon. I didn't confuse you. I was going to say no Simon here today. Mm. Trust also, me, I know who you are. Simon's also like eight inches taller than me. He is. <laughs> Sits in a different chair. All kinds of different stuff. Um, out of everything that I talked about with Charles, football wise. Mm -hmm. Do you, is there anything that you guys strongly just let's put it this way. Was there a preseason narrative that got to you that you thought was underrated or overrated or, you know, something that you want to talk about right now before we move on? And again, I'm doing more football this week, but I'm giving you guys a chance to tell me something that you think I'm overlooking right now or that you disagreed with from that segment as big football guys. I think the Steelers are, are definitely going to finish fourth in the division. I, I don't believe definitely, in Kenny Pickett. Yeah, I, I don't. I, and I, the thing that gives me worry about that is Mike Tomlin is he gets those boys up. They're not. And they they're play not going for him. 500 and, and somebody will in that division. I, well, I, and that's the thing, right? And I think talent wise, they're by far the fourth worst team in that division. So I, I just and I mm. and I do believe in Deshaun Watson still for the on the field stuff. So I think the Browns are kind of being underrated a little bit. I, I don't think the Steelers are going to be good this year. Here's what I will say. This is this is my preseason prediction for that division. I think it's going to go. I think it's going to go Bengals one. Clearly, mm -hmm. I think you'd be kind of really forcing it if you're not picking the Bengals over those other teams. But then I think it's going to be either Steelers or Ravens. And the Ravens one comes down to if the Ravens are healthy, they're going to win football games because Lamar is going to find a way. Yep. And I, I will say, I hate this and I'm glad my brother will probably not listen this far on the podcast. So it's good. <laughs> the Zay flowers thing is really feeling real to me. Are you guys seeing all the videos yeah. of him at camp? Like he's talking about his money in front of the team. Seven million. <laughs> he's sing, he's rapping Kodak in front of the team. Yeah. I think he's feeling himself because he knows he's he's the real deal. He's the truth. And if you look at it and you say, okay, so Lamar, do I think he's going to be a perfect downfield passer? Nope. I don't. Yeah. I think that's going to have real growing pains. I think he's going to throw some bad picks. I think he's going to airmail some guys. Mm -hmm. But I think it could get there. It's just his health is the big wild card for me. I don't know if Lamar can stay healthy for an entire season anymore, playing the way that he used to. Yep. And how does that look now with their new offense? Otherwise, I'm pretty confident about the Ravens just being a solid regular season team that wins games. Yeah. And then I think it's the Steelers and then I think it's the Browns. I like the Browns. I'm, I'm with you, Mackie, but I, I think they're destined to be the tough out who splits games with a couple of these teams, but ultimately just ends up with the, the worst record of the bunch. And also mm -hmm. the Deshaun Watson thing. I need to see it again, bro. I need no, to that's fair. Like, I need I, to see him because last year when I watched him, he was, he was worse good. 
than the guy good. that was in front of him, Jacoby Brissett. Yeah. yeah. No, I just, I, that's also coming from like the Titans fan bias of I watched this guy commit magic for six years in Houston where he yeah. was the best quarterback in for the sure. league outside of Mahomes and Rodgers, I would say. So I, he's for only sure. 27, man. It's no, like, I, you know, I, I get it. I don't just, think he's done is what, and I think uh, if he gets the opportunity to prove himself, I think he will show people that, and they still have Miles Garrett, like that defense yep. is still very talented. Yep. So No, I get the case. I the think Browns, they're a good team. Man. <laughs> Here's the thing. I think they're a good team. I don't think that they have one of the best two coaches in the division. Definitely not. I don't think that they have one of the best two quarterbacks in the division. That's where we disagree. Who the hell? Well, no, because so you think that you'd this rather have Deshaun Watson than Lamar or Burrow? Lamar, uh, for if Deshaun Watson can be the Deshaun Watson he was in Houston, not the Deshaun Watson we saw for six games bro, last but year. But we haven't okay, seen it in two years, bro, though. Bro, That's stop, the problem. Stop it! Stop it! Um, stop it! Uh, so. Don't have like look at their who their pass catchers are this year too. You know who's getting all the hype for at Cleveland Browns camp? You guys have any idea? No, because you're not paying attention. Bad homework. Don't trust you guys. Elijah Moore. Elijah He's good on the Jets. What he was good on the Jets? Pull up his stats, Austin. On the Jets. He was a a troublemaker, let's say, on the Jets. A guy that did not buy in who wanted the hell out of there. And they're talking about this guy in like a Percy Harvin role where he's gonna have like jet sweeps and yeah, no, I don't. <laughs> I love Nick Chubb. I'm a big Nick Chubb guy, but now there's no backup to Nick Chubb too. And he's been a change of pace, dude. There's going to be a lot of miles on him. I'm just saying that it's a running back. He suffers an injury and all of a sudden they're on to a running back that I have genuinely never heard Jerome of before. Ford. Yeah. So yeah, there's, I, I just think that the case for the most, the likelihood here, this is all you can do in preseason is you can trust your gut to a certain extent, but you also have to look at it with, Hey, what's most probable the combination of the coach, the fact that we haven't seen that quarterback play at an elite level for over two years, that he is still coming off of all of those allegations, and they'll probably get louder as the season goes on, if he, and especially if he starts to struggle. Mm-hmm. The lack of dynamic playmakers, yeah, just the fact that they are the Cleveland Browns <laughs> should also be mentioned in this. Yeah. It's a huge factor. Yeah, exactly. And so, then add on to it that they're in that division. Yeah, Joe Bo, is there anything that you think... You guys are not in football mode. If this, this is any, what's what do you got? I, there's nothing I strongly disagree with from what Charles said. Okay. I just think that the Saints, Saints. are going to win yeah, that division pretty easily. Yeah, I have no faith in any of those other teams. I think Tampa's going to suck. No faith in Carolina. Although, they, although they, I think it's going to be better. Saints and Falcons. Yeah, I would agree with that. Remember, there was a moment last year where the, the Falcons were, could be really good, but the Falcons were hanging around it last yes, year. They were with Marcus Mariota mm-hmm. for a while. I forgot about that until I watched the quarterback doc. Yeah, on no. Netflix, where no, I went, Atlanta oh, had a right, Atlanta was around. Yeah, they were. And so I don't know what the hell Desmond Ritter is, but I will say <laughs> that going a year ago, Ritter was very much a guy where people were talking about him as though he was the the, the sneaky yeah. winner out of the class. So I feel like, yeah, if they can put those running backs together, Algier, who is awesome, mm-hmm. and Bijan, two-headed monster, Drake London, Kyle Pitts, like there's enough yeah. playmakers there where the, the offense, I could see them putting up points I could see Arthur Smith putting it together. Mm-hmm. He has had great offenses with a great running back in Derrick Henry. And so I could see that if Bijan yeah. is who we think he is, and I think he is that, mm-hmm. could could be pretty spooky, could be pretty scary. But other than that, yeah, I think the Saints are just going to be solid. The thing I hate about the Saints is like everybody puts them down because they're like, oh, the pedigree of the Saints. It's Sean Payton ain't there anymore. It's Dennis Allen, yeah. and he sucks. Dennis Allen did not so, show a lot last year. And I've also never been a, a car guy. Look at the, here's all I have to say to you as a Saints fan. Look at all the weapons Carr had last year, and he ended up getting benched by the end of the season. I'm a Jameis yeah. guy. This should be Jameis. 
Jameis I, I love Jameis yeah, Winston. Jameis wins, bro. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I Eat just, a dub, baby. Yeah, I know. I <laughs> I just am not a car guy. I'm not a believer, and I look at it and I'm like, yep, Olave is nice, and yeah. now there's the Michael Thomas. Oh, he could be back, and blah blah blah. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Right. Juwan Johnson, baby. Yeah, Juwan Johnson, exactly. I'm you telling you, double digit touchdowns this year. Right. Grabbed him in fantasy. I'm so happy. All right. All right. We'll <laughs> so see. happy. I can't wait for Jobo's best bet all year long to be that. <laughs> Joan Johnson over in the yards I hit touchdown. my college football best bet yesterday because I wasn't an idiot betting on Florida. <laughs> or I was a smart man who bet on name Utah. Name one player on Utah. Well, I watched the game yesterday. So name yeah, name one like, player. Who, I watched the game yesterday. Yeah, yeah. You think, <laughs> do you think I knew anybody before the Utah game? I still think you don't know anyone from Utah. Okay. Well, anyways. Uh... I won my bet. Did you know guys from Utah heading into the game? Cam rising, but he was out. Yeah, I was going to say. He knew I mean, the they were guy. down. The quarterback was their third stringer, right? Yeah, he yeah. was electric, though. My yeah, God. I know. That's, but Florida that's, is so slow. Dude, that, is, Mertz, that, is, that, is, that is one of, <laughs> that is one of the uh, biggest misnomers about college football is guys will read things being like, this high-level program is down to their third-string quarterback. And if you read that in the NFL, you're like, I will pound this line into dust. <laughs> I'm I'm a sucker too. Any SEC or Big Ten team plays a non-SEC or Big Ten team, I pick the SEC or Big Ten. Team. No, and so, but that's it though. Is you're like you you think this is the time to jump on it, and then it turns out it's like Florida's yeah no Florida's underdog is against Utah. It's yeah, Utah exactly. No, and then oh, Graham Mertz, I'll never forgive you. And I was gonna say the the guy that I know on Utah is. Nate Johnson because he was the quarterback who played yesterday. <laughs> he was the quarterback. Out of boy. Out of boy. Hey, he named a player. Hey, he's he's the guy. Anyway, ah, he looked it up. To be fair. Bit. Look at my. You have video cameras. You can see what I'm doing. That's uh, true. So that's it. That's it for football right now. I tomorrow or sorry on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. It's going to be a ton mm-hmm. of football. It's going to be football week next week. Good. So very, very excited for some of the deep dive a little bit more into some of the teams. I, I'm definitely going to do a little bit more Bills. But, yeah, I think that Bills fans probably know what I'm talking about here. Yeah. I think you're going to be all right. I think things are going to be fine. <sighs> I think Josh Allen's a super-duper star stud. And as long as he and Diggs have that connection, I actually like a little Gabe Davis stock this year. I think that Gabe Davis. What about uh, Dalton Kincaid? The, the new tight end. So one of the one of the overrated, underrated, properly rated topics that we couldn't get to was the tight end class. Because mm. I was going to pair it with the rookie QBs, but the, the three tight ends getting a ton of love. He yeah. is absolutely in the mix with that. I think it's going to be a little overrated. Mm. You don't often see rookie, you don't often see rookie tight ends come in and dominate. It's one of those positions where just like every year, there's always the one guy where they're like, this is the guy. And then it, it, it just doesn't really materialize that quickly. Yeah, true. And so, uh, I actually, I keep messing up, uh, the names of each guys because it's the, which one is in green Bay. Musgrave? Luke Musgrave, Luke right? Musgrave. Yeah, I, I'm saying I believe in him the most. Mm. In terms of putting up stats for fantasy, I don't necessarily think he's going to oh, be the true. best okay. player. I just think that with Jordan Love, that offense, I, I think he could end up being a guy. I mm. think he could be the he'd be my best bet for which one of these dudes works out the best for fantasy. So I think Kincaid is gonna be good. I think he's gonna be a weapon. Yeah. I think he, that he'll he'll be a playmaker. But ultimately I still think that he's not going to be, you know, the number two option. Whereas I think that, yeah, Musgrave could end up being the number two option, especially the way that they're talking about him at a Packers camp. 
Right. But I also keep confusing who is who. Uh because there are there's more than even three tight ends. Yeah. So Oakland has a guy too. Anyway, the tight Oakland. end class. Yeah. The tight end class. Or so, whatever. <laughs> I, I think I said Oakland twice. Did you say Oakland twice? No, I said Vegas. I thought, I thought you said time. I thought you said Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, did first I? Time. Honestly, they shouldn't have never been the Vegas Raiders. It should be just Oakland. Oakland sounds so nice. Oakland, Oakland Raiders. The Oakland sounds Raiders. So much cooler. The Las Vegas Raiders sounds so lame. All Las right. Las Vegas Raiders sounds like a creative team. In All right, let's hit a couple of Madden. other things before we go here into the weekend into Labor Day. Well, Phil Kessel is open to ending the Ironman streak mm-hmm. to play in the NHL next year. As a Leafs fan, JD, do you want to see the man come back or to Toronto? Yeah. No. 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 Uh, I know. Here, I know that storyline no. would inevitably come up. So no, no, no. Here, here's know. here's the reason why I I like Phil Kessel, mm-hmm. and if you had to ask me, hey, what is the least likely place for Phil Kessel to land? I would say the Toronto. Mm. So I think that one of the dumbest things we do, and I you can say I'm biased, whatever, is the media in Toronto. Oh, the media, the media here is really not that bad. It's really not. Like. Show me all the harsh media people with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Like, yeah, they're covered a lot because people care and there's millions of people who like them. And by the way, the content gets absorbed like crazy. Mm -hmm. So everyone's always so upset about it. But it's like the media, woohoo, woohoo, the media. (laughs) The media has never mattered less, ever. The the media has never mattered less. It used to be a huge thing. Mm -hmm. But guess what? Do you guys remember Doug Gilmore and Wendell Clark? Like, was this being bitching about the media? No. People think when things go poorly, they blame the media. Anyway, whatever. It's a, it's a very, very Try stupid. Try playing in Montreal, though, those people that complain yeah. about the media. I got two languages yeah. over there following you. Go to New York. Go read. <laughs> go to Vancouver, Philly. even. You know, it, just, it just hockey markets. This, like, the, come the, on. The Toronto, New York, Boston. The Toronto media narrative thing is so stupid and outrageous. There's a lot of people who cover the teams here, and I would say that most of them actually lean pretty friendly yeah, not, in their coverage. 100%. And most of them are pretty fair and educated. I don't, I don't really think that this is a stupid coverage base where there's hot take artists. And, and I know people think I'm that, so they're like, oh, you do it. I'm like, okay, fine, whatever. If that's what you feel, then that's what you feel. But I do not ever feel like a hot take artist. I'll give an opinion that I don't think is going to be popular, or I'll mm-hmm. give an opinion that I don't think is as based in... 35 layers of information like some people need to have in order for something to go down. I don't believe that charts tell the entire story of a player. I'm sorry. I never will, especially in hockey. Um, But I think that for the most part, it's pretty balanced here. And yeah, like go find me the, the program or the person or the whatever that you think that a player is afraid of. Oh, (laughs) I think that players are mostly afraid, but you do have an obligation to be in front of the media and you do have to do a lot of, you know, you get a lot of requests and you do have post game stuff that goes places and you do get seen. And Phil Kessel does not want to do that. No, Phil Kessel with the media stuff with him was real. He did not like answering to the media. (laughs) And I don't think that he is a veteran on the team who largely stays silent. Look at Phil. Phil Stock and Phil, look at the interest right now in Phil Kessel stories, right? Mm -hmm. Like, how many people would kill? How many podcast hosts? Dude, spitting chiclets doesn't get Phil. 32 Thoughts doesn't get Phil. Mm -hmm. After he wins a cup, after all these guys are talking big stories about Phil, he doesn't want to do it. He doesn't like sitting in front of a microphone. He doesn't like chatting. He doesn't want to be in Toronto. I don't think that, like, yeah, I'm sure that he wants to play real bad, but... I, I just, I can't see the Toronto reunion. Would I want to see it if I thought that it was going to be good for Phil and good for the Leafs? And do I think that he would be a good, yeah, of course. Right. Um, but I will also say though, that 
and and he has won multiple times, yes. Mm-hmm. And he has proven people wrong multiple times, yes. But I don't think what the Leafs need right now is a chill guy around the dressing room. I feel that. You, I don't you think need they need a joker a who is like, that's cool, guys. I'll sit around and drink cola while you play hockey. Just I just want to be around dog. the fellas. Like, no, nah, <laughs> they don't need that. The Leafs don't need another good guy at dinner. No. A, a good locker room guy. Yeah. You need a guy who's going to light a fire. And yeah. Kind of rip India when they inevitably ghost a little bit at points in the season. But it doesn't matter anyways because you can't teach guys to have fire. Yeah, that's true. And I don't think that's That's a tough reality we have to face here. Oh, those guys might not have the fire. <laughs> anyway, some of those guys. Uh, All right, what's next? There's a story that's been floating around the last couple of days. Andy Reid, when, when he was with the Packers, he used to play from a janitor. Love this. Um, they scored, and then the janitor watched it and was like, that's my play, that's my play. Wife yeah. didn't believe him. Uh, awesome story, super cool. So I want to ask you, as a host, are there any underappreciated ways that you find inspiration, content, angles that other people may not know about and you like to use? First of all, I'm a big believer in the janitor role. You guys are basically janitors here. Like, <laughs> what do you even do? Um, and I edit a video here and there. Yeah, you do that. <laughs> you do a good job. Uh, I love it when you guys come up with a good idea. When there's a great idea... I'll have it, but I'm very much in the Kobe Bryant mold where he was talking about, Hey, why would, why wouldn't I take all the shots when I'm the one who is working the hardest? Mm-hmm. I want to see if, if you have a good shot, if you're wide open for a three and you knock it down, I'll always acknowledge it. Jeremy Lin. Yes. No, <laughs> no. 100%. I always want to hear good ideas. Um, but oftentimes ideas are not thought out. Well, they're rushed and, or they're very basic surface level, whatever. It just, yeah, that's not the way that I'll put ones together, but no man, look, we brought in Armin. He has zero experience. You had zero experience. Pete had zero experience. Simon had never done this before. Mackie mm. was pretty new to the industry. Like I, I like hearing from people with fresh eyes on it too. I think that it goes, it can go in the opposite direction where you can get jaded and you can start to get lazy the other way. Yeah. So no man, I'm always, I think talent is talent. And good ideas are good ideas. I've had guys that I was, this one's not as I've seen tweets from accounts that have like six followers that I'm thinking, man, that's a good tweet. Mm. And I'm talking about me where they've done an assessment of my stuff and gone, huh, you know what? That's actually kind of accurate. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I've seen comment section stuff. That's good. I don't tend to, I try not to read that stuff too often, but sometimes to me, there is a benefit in doing a quick scroll and seeing about the trending stuff and just, how people are reacting to stuff. Cause you can gauge like a quick mm-hmm. sample, but usually it's the extremes or people are mad or whatever. I don't use it as like my everything again. Yeah. It's like the charts. It's like the eye test. It's all that stuff is you use it as a bit of information, but you don't put too much stock into it and you'll probably be fine. Yeah, Take a look, but don't base the whole entire opinion off of it. But no man, I, I think the beauty of sports and one of the things that I love the most about it is that it's pretty simple and just about anybody can have an opinion on it or a thought on it or an idea on it mm-hmm. and it can have real value. Yeah. This isn't, Physics. <laughs> Chemistry. Yeah. You don't have to be an architect here. It's like sports are a great connector because you can have an opinion. You can have a thought. You yeah. could be the dumbest guy in the room and you could have a brilliant sports thought. You could be the smartest guy in the room. You could have a brilliant sports thought. It, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It's it just like everyone has an opportunity. to. Actually, that's why I usually hate. Like I know I'll be dismissive of ideas, especially like on this show. If someone will pitch me something, I'll be like, yeah, no, I don't really want to do that. Mm -hmm. But I don't think there are dumb ideas. I think there are lazy ideas, but I don't think there are dumb ideas generally. Like in Mackie, how many times when you say that's dumb, I go low. No, it's not dumb. I have to tell you, like, that's not dumb. I hate when people call ideas dumb. Ideas are sometimes 
people think too. They'll be like, here's the idea. They'll spit it out. I always like that because sometimes that spitballs and like creates something else that is meaningful. That's a bigger, better, whatever. Mm-hmm. It can lead somewhere else. Yeah. Spark inspiration. Yeah. I don't think yeah. that you should just be, uh, if you're working on a show or you're working on a podcast, I don't know who the hell I'm talking to here. Cause it's probably not his, but yeah. Me and Austin. No, yeah, I was going <laughs> to, no, but I don't think that, you know, you just need to throw stuff out to throw stuff out. Yeah. I think you should generally take more time to think about it. No, I'm talking about this in like all walks of life, Gotcha. but I always say like, if you feel like you got something, you should spit it out and you should see how someone responds and not be timid to do that. It can be, it can be intimidating though. And it can be challenging. And I've been doing this a long time where I've been pitching ideas now for over a decade. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it'll come more naturally and you'll have thought it out. It's very, very different than people that are at the very beginning of their careers. But if you think out an idea and you're passionate about it, you got to think about like yourself as a salesman and it's like selling the idea. If you can sell it, it'll probably happen. Mm-hmm. So if someone sells it to me, I don't care who the hell it comes from. Like, yeah. So when you're asking me, I guess the, the long winded answer of just like, <laughs> who have you taken ideas from? Everyone. I, I found in, I find inspiration in pretty much anybody who does things passionately and who cares about something mm-hmm. like, History podcast. Yeah. I do no, know but, you love those. <laughs> yeah, but I just, I, I don't care who has a sports opinion. I've never been like, oh, that's a guy at a bar drunk having a sports opinion. No, that's where you go to get good sports opinions. Yeah. Like, no, literally. That's where you yeah. go to argue about oh, well, your Twitter? No. <laughs> fantasy football. No, the, the, I really hate sports gatekeeping. Yeah. Really not a fan of it. I like teasing people, like teasing fans and stuff when they start to bitch and moan about stuff. And, you know, everybody likes to take a shot at somebody else. But ultimately, mm-hmm. deep down, I, I do not believe... Uh, I do not believe in gatekeeping in sports. Anyways, what's next? So there was a report, uh, Rachel Nichols on Undisputed said that one of the main reasons Harden wants to leave Philadelphia is because he wants to run the show. Yeah. And he doesn't believe like he is the number one guy right now. So we've talked a lot about Harden. We don't really need to go deep dive into that. Uh, say, unless you have any new know. thoughts no, on no, it. No, but... and no offense, but I just, I, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's about the money. It's just about the money. Yeah. So he was promised a bunch of money by <laughs> Daryl Morey. And then Daryl Morey was like, now nah, we can't give you that money. And now he's like, I hate you, Daryl. I want out of here. Like, no, James Harden is a playmaker. I don't think he cares about being the number one option. Plus he's a point True. guard. Like, no, nah, I don't see it. Anyways, what's the question? My question was, what's something like going on in a little bit of a different angle about it? Mm-hmm. What's something that you'll always defend, even though you know that there could be better options? Like a sports take, sports team, an athlete. That's so vague. Yeah. I, you know, I tried to make it more specific I'm with trying, the athlete, the team. Yeah. And it's like, what's the thing that you might think? Like what, what's, what, what's a sports take you're going to die on the hill for, even though you may be in the back of your mind, you know, you're wrong. Cause I know uh, everybody has stuff like that. Mine is, I believe the saints would have easily won the super bowl if they didn't get the no PI call but against the Rams. Not, I don't even think that's like controversial. I think that's actually like a, a reasonable one. I think like the, uh, the idea here is that, James Harden would want to be the number one over Joel Embiid, which yes. again, I do not believe. Uh, a little bit of delusion, even no, if it believe. is. Right, yeah, gotcha. I don't believe that. Um, I will say, though, that you should have, where I can empathize with James Harden, is that you should have belief in yourself to an extreme degree. Did you guys see Rashad McCants the other day? I did not. Shout out Lebanon. Yeah, that was hilarious. Oh, you didn't see that? The, the, the Gilbert yeah. Arenas, right. Yeah. yeah. Where he's like, we would have a chance. And then, yeah. And then he was getting he's, not, he's, he's just, not wrong if they hit every shot. No, 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 he's wrong. No, uh, he's very they, wrong. Gilbert, they, Gilbert Renus is the most right when he said they would lose by 200, 200 points. And he's yeah. like, no team I'm on was to lose by 200. But I think that you should think you're the best option for a lot of jobs. 
You should mm-hmm. be able to recognize that people have more talent than you and how they got there or, you know, better work ethic and try to borrow from them. But I will say that my irrational confidence is definitely that I think that if I was in given certain opportunities right. that I would knock some of those things out of the park. I think that there are definitely things that other people have gotten where I'm like, nah, I think I could have done that better. True. Even though I've never really done TV and I've mm. never really done some of these web series shows. And it's like, yeah, like I, I'm like, yeah, I could do that. I could do that. Yeah. And I'm I like, it's an appropriate level of confidence. Though. No, but like, that's the thing though. I would step into that and I'd be like Ricky Bobby with my hands doing oh. television. Are you kidding? <laughs> like, no, that's the reality of the situation. I'm right, saying this gotcha, is a rational gotcha. confidence where I'm like, I could do that. And then it'd be like, Quiet on the set, and I'd be like, I peed. <laughs> I peed. Can I go home? Yeah. I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> I'm scared. Um, what else? What else with this one? Rational confidence. Growing up, I used to think always, it was funny, I always thought I would be better at sports than I ended up actually being. Like I, remember I feel the, that. <laughs> I remember the first time I went surfing, I was like, I'm going to be really good at this. And then it took me all day to get up. Oh, and it really? was grind. Yeah. You, you got up though. Yeah. But you it was, I'm just saying in my mind, I used to think things like yeah. I always thought, man, I would be a really good wrestler. I would have been a really, really good wrestler. Like my size, my strength ability. And I'm like, why did you wrestle in high school? At all no, anything? that's what I'm saying. Oh. I was like, why do I think that? It's you, just it's a thought that popped no, it's just in. insane because sometimes when I got drunk and wrestled with my buddies who were bigger. I was like, I can handle myself against bigger guys. I must be good for <laughs> like, there's definitely crazy ideas that you get. I think right. this is a man thing in general. Like, uh, it's what is it? No, Sarbanes. No, that's not what it is. What the hell is the test? Uh, there's a, there's a, name for a test of you either drastically overestimate your abilities or you drastically underestimate your abilities. I'm mm. blanking on it. Yeah. But either way, I definitely have that where I either think I'm going to be brutal at something and I'm like, Oh, actually I wasn't so bad. Right. That wasn't such a big deal. Or I've been like, I'm going to be amazing at this. And then and <laughs> no, but then I can't even do it because I'm like, man, I can't let myself down. If I, right. If, if I am bad at this, I don't want to shatter the illusion. So I, <laughs> I think that that's generally, a thing that we all do. So yeah. Um, like even, so when I went mountain biking this past, oh, right. I thought I was going to die. I thought I was going to be like, man, I'm going to die. I will not <laughs> be able to go down this steep hill on a mountain bike. And then by the end of the day, you know, I'm doing 35 kilometers an hour on the bike, ripping down trails, mm-hmm. probably way too recklessly, but you just go, all right, actually you get a couple of tips and you're actually going to be fine. You right. know, a lot of people mountain bike, you know, yeah. it's not that hard. It's a bicycle. Yeah. It's pretty <laughs> it's, common. Yeah. I wasn't dropping off cliffs. I wasn't doing anything crazy. It was a, you know, but I still started to go ripping down a hill, having a blast. Yeah. And I, the entire morning <laughs> I was just sweating, sweating. <laughs> like I'm going to die. I'm not going to make it this bike. When I had to go down the hill going up, I knew it was going to be a drag, but going down, I was genuinely afraid of crashing well, and going over the hand. I know. And guess what? Some fine. of the videos you see floating around like on yeah, Twitter and, and stuff like that, you're yeah. like, and I was fine. So oh it, it, I think it works both ways where usually you're one of the other things. I don't think that, I don't think in general, we're good at judging our own abilities with stuff. I agree. Unless it's something that is your career and you can stack yourself up against other people that you are professional with and you go, yeah, you know what? It's probably you pretty accurate. Know I know in. this guy's better than yeah. me. I know that girl's better than me. I fit in here. Can I get better? Can I pass somebody? That's, that's where you're usually more reasonable. Although gotcha. some people are horrific at that too. <laughs> I've met some people who, boy, oh boy, oh boy. I met some people who have done one radio show and they're like, that was easy. And you're like, mm-hmm. 
Do it, for do sure. it every day. <laughs> yeah. Do it every day. No, for sure. You did great. Uh, <laughs> that was an amazing show. Anyways, what's next? Uh, Corundin, a European airline, is now has... So they're doing an only adult zone on some of their planes that go mm. from Curacao to uh, Amsterdam. An extra $75. You pay in the extra 75 bucks for an adult-only zone. You have to be over 16 yeah, to book it. of course. Of course. Of course. Of <laughs> course. I knew it. I yeah, knew of course. Of course. Of course you are. Um, I don't know how this wasn't already a thing. This is like the no-brainer of all no-brainers. The only thing that mm-hmm. you would say is, well, you're limiting your customer base. And you're like, yeah, who cares? This is what this is for. No, you're adding... 100 seats. Yeah. 93 plus 7 extra large seats. I cannot believe that That'd this is That'd be lit, new. too, from Amsterdam to Curacao. That'd be so lit. Mm-hmm. I just can't believe this wasn't already a thing. I can't believe other it's airlines... It's been tested before, but now yeah. they're actually putting in for, like, regular commercial flights. Yeah, I, so they're... Uh, <laughs> there's, a couple things, there's a couple things you really don't want on a plane when you get on. Someone who stinks? Yep. My God. When, and, and I'm talking too much perfume or cologne as a part of that. Yeah. Like, too much perfume, too much cologne. You took a bath because you were stressed about the flight and you didn't take a shower because you were rushing out the door on time and you just did a, uh, yeah, like, and you sit down next to me, nightmare. Oh, my yeah. God, that's the worst. Yeah. B.O. horrific, like, either one of those two things, nightmare. Yeah. Number two, massive person. <laughs> massive person. They could be jacked. They could be obese, whatever it is. You don't want to sit next to somebody who is huge in, in your seat and who's in your seat <laughs> and who you're like, I have to give you the armrest on this side. Like I'll never even see a light of day of the armrest because you are just huge. Yeah. So your shoulders on the arm horrible, <laughs> awful break for you. There's just no way around it. Yeah. It's like I had it. I had a huge guy beside me on my small little plane when I left Smithers, BC going to Vancouver mm, and yeah. it was only an hour and a half, but had it been any longer, man, there could have been the air marshals waiting for me at the gate. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was, you would see them on the runway. I was the fully triggered down. and he was like kicking his leg over to my side oh. too. I was losing it. And it's just a two, it's a small plane. So it's two on the side. Right. And anyway, gotcha. uh, and then baby, <laughs> and I get it. It's fine. People, you got to actually, I will say I haven't encountered dog yet. And I'm a big dog person. Love dogs. Right. Adore dogs. The idea that everybody that has like is bringing dogs on planes. I'm not with it. You got to be blind. Yeah. <laughs> you got to, you have to be visually impaired <laughs> for me to think that you should have a dog on a flight. The, uh, you get anxiety in a flight. Guess who else does? The rest of us, the second there's any turbulence, you know, take a Xanax, do something. You can't bring a dog on a plane. No, Every time I saw can't. a video of a lady who brought a Great Dane. Did you see that one? Yeah. And she's like, look at this, my cute Great Dane. And people that are like, oh, and I was like, what happens if that Great Dane takes a big old poopy on that plane? Oh, and you know that's happened. Yeah. Duh, that's happened. Well, it happens every flight. It's I would lose my mind. I would lose my mind. I love dogs. I would say there's no situation where a dog doesn't make it better. I tell it right there. That's it. Yeah. There's actually another one, but I'm not going to get into it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, good point. Yeah. So awesome. I'll take it. If you're bringing like 
a baby under no. eight months onto a flight. What are you doing? The well, kid's not going to remember. I know you no, want to go on vacation as a parent. That's fine. You're not going to have an eight-month-year-old the whole time. I, that baby's going to cry the whole time. I, I think if a baby that's eight months old is on a flight, it's because like a family's going to like a family event or a funeral or a cannot-miss event. They're not yeah. going on vacation. They're not going to the Bahamas. Uh, I've, seen, I've been on Costa Rica with an eight-month-year-old. Yeah. It was insane decision-making. I, I hope that, was that a family baby had a and they bought bad that trip. Years in advance. Yeah, uh, this Great Dane is unbelievably massive. Yeah, I know. It's so stupid. It's so embarrassing that this stuff happens and people are like, aww. Like, oh no, it's not, that's not it. That's not it. That's not it. That's not it. Dogs on the planes. It's, we've lost our way. We've lost our way. I'm sorry, <laughs> dogs. You go under. <laughs> you go under. You go uh, in the storage compartment, puppies, unless you genuinely need it to get around. Like a service dog. Yes. If you're right. too stressed, sorry. Mm-hmm. Sorry, <laughs> this great Dane like just takes no, up two that's, seats. I, I, two I, I, I genuinely seats. cannot believe that that is uh, that was allowed. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, a baby on a flight is a complete nightmare. Even a child on a flight is a nightmare. I, yeah. Like, I'll just say it: uh, when your kid is being cute with me, and they're like peekaboo or whatever, they're like you know playing around in their seats. And I've had boys in front of me before on a long flight where. They were like playing and the mom was on the iPad and they're kind of like screaming and having a time in their other two seats and she's just totally checked out. I don't blame the mom. She's in hell constantly. She's alone <laughs> with these two boys. They're just going nuts. But I'm in hell now too. I'm sharing a little slice of, I don't find like if I'm playing cute with a kid, right. I'm doing it purely out of the goodness of my heart. I don't want to do any of it. There's never been a time where I've seen a kid and they want to play with me on a plane or like in public. And yeah. I'm like, oh, let's go. No, I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. Kids, are, some kids are cute. I, they're cute. I don't want to play with the kid. I want to guess. Guess what's so much better than your kid? History podcast. Yes, history podcast. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> history documentary. <laughs> way better. Way better. Way better. Have you listened to a good story lately? Or <laughs> it just yeah, like un- incomparable. Yeah. So yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to deal with the kid ever. You're hammering the extra seventy five bucks to have a <sighs> no question. Absolutely zone. no question. I yeah. I I would say that a, a flight. Yeah. <laughs> Same place actually where I don't want to see the dog is where I don't want to see the kid either. But yeah, I, I, as also flights. <laughs> so, yep. Not interested in seeing children. Honestly, I don't want to talk to you if you're under <laughs> 17 years old. <laughs> I don't even want to talk to you. I at almost all. didn't get hired for that reason. Yeah. I, I don't want to see you in any, I, like there's no area of my entire life that I want to have a, conversation with you whatsoever <laughs> like damn man every once in a while you go on a date with a girl who's too young for you and you sit across from her and you're like oh my god you, you have that problem joe i can't do that yeah, <laughs> yeah. Prison. I'm, I'm not allowed to do that prison <laughs> so no i don't have yeah. that problem <laughs> so anyway uh no uh, no kids not interested and um, and by the way, when I mentioned that, where it's like too young for you, like my size, it's like no, no, like, girl 20, like twenty, in, yeah, in her, like seven, twenty-eight. I know what you, you mean. Know, even, but it's yeah, funny. but Plug yeah, it's like boy. So yeah. Anyway, let's keep it moving. What's next? So did you see Giannis's comments to the New York Times about resigning I don't in Milwaukee? This. What I, I need more. Okay, so I saw them, but I didn't actually have time to look into the context of this. Like, why was this happening? Why was this brought up? Like, I, this is my thing with stuff like this. I, I don't understand what the reason is for Giannis Attentacumbo, a player in Milwaukee, to be doing a New York Times article where he's discussing him re-signing with a new team that 
could be the, the whole article. And is he's just got branded. three years left on his contract. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, what I will say is three years left on his contract is meaningless now in the NBA. Yeah. There's there's literally nothing fair. There's nothing. In fact, it's more likely that you're going to leave via trade than you are via free agency at this point, right? Yeah. So, um. Yeah. I actually think we look at that now as like very Toronto people where we're like, oh, people are going to leave us through free agency, which they do, like Fred. Uh, but ultimately, <laughs> really? yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, if the second Giannis Antetokounmpo says, I want out of here, he's going to be gone. Yeah. The, the, the reason the quotes are floating around is because he kind of alluded to it, even though he didn't confirm it straight up. Yeah. He was just saying, generally, like if the Bucks, if the ambitions are different... He said, quote, winning a championship yeah. comes first. I don't want to be 20 years on the same team and don't win another That's championship. That's when he was asked about quote, yeah. spending his whole career with one team. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Which Shots I said, Dirk. But I understand that. Mm-hmm. I understand what he's saying. He still wants. Yeah, but Dirk was chasing his entire career and he was no, competitive for his time. Yeah, but uh, either way, point here is he's just putting pressure on the Bucks to remind them, yo, I know I'm Mr. Good Guy yeah. and I know I'm Mr. <laughs> Play Ball. But I want to win. And this is actually kind of good. Here's, here's why this makes sense. I'm thinking this through. Mm-hmm. This makes sense as he's leaving a trail to make himself more ingratiated to Bucks fans and be more popular still around the NBA. Should the Bucks take big steps? Look at what the Bucks got, right? They just paid Brooke Lopez. They made sure that he came back. But yep. they're old, baby. They're they old. Are. They're they old. Are. And they don't have, like, pick capital. And they don't have guys to trade. Mm-hmm. And you're looking at the horizon and you're saying, hmm, I got Drew Holiday, injury guy, old. Yeah. I got Chris Middleton. They paid him. Injury guy. Old. Yeah. Brooke Lopez. Old. Like, who's on that Bucks team that you feel great about building with if you're Giannis Attentacumbo moving forward? Is any Bobby Portis, Team USA member, who's good? <laughs> but he's looking at this saying, what happens this year will probably have a big determining factor in what Giannis Attentacumbo's future looks like. Yeah. He is not sticking around and just trying to grind out wins mm-hmm. on a team that's just okay. I think what he's saying is, I don't want to be LeBron with those crappy Cleveland teams where, yeah, yeah I could take a team to a finals, but we ain't going to win. Yeah. So he, he did mention that earlier. He's like, I, I wouldn't, yeah, I would not be the best version of myself if I don't know that everybody's on the p- same page. Everybody's going for a championship. The only, the only thing I will say with this is it, if he did do it that way and he went and joined somebody else, true, it would destroy one of the coolest moments in finals history, which was when he took a shot at Katie, Kyrie and Harden <laughs> about how he did it the right way. And everybody else, like I did it the right way. I won on my own. So anyway, uh, I liked when he was like, I bleed green. I was like, I think yeah. you do. Anyways. The, all right. Milwaukee let's wrap Bucks up. my city. Bleed green. Subscribe to the podcast. Hit me up if you want to place some wagers heading into football season in the DMs at JD Bunkus on Twitter or on Instagram. Usually I'm quicker on Instagram because uh, Twitter does the still split up thing where you have yeah. to go look at hidden requests and I miss those a lot. So hit me up on Instagram at JD Bunkus. Do, the, do either or. And then, yes, we will see you on Tuesday, the week of football.